0: New Life family. Hey, Amen. Isn't it good to hang out and enjoy hugs and high fives and fist bumps and smiles? Being together is powerful. Did y'all know that? Amen. And so we encourage you to uh, consider being a part of our equip groups at New Life Fellowship. Hey, Amen. It's uh, uh, The beautiful thing about it is when you do it with joy, And you come with hunger and thirst, you get filled. Amen. That's how Jesus does what he does in our lives. He fills us up. He equips us for his greater, grander purpose. Have you ever done anything with murmuring and complaining before? Yeah, I know. Uh, Wow. But the moment you murmur or complain, kind of like Israel did it, and they, was in, and they were overthrown in the wilderness because of murmuring and complaining. They were the children of God. Isn't that interesting? And as a child of God, I can complain and murmur about something, and I don't realize that's an open door for the enemy to throw overthrow me. He has access to take me down. And in our Christian society, that that is a product of a lie that the enemy sells us. Anybody ever felt like you had the right to complain. Don't raise your hand. And, and, And it's amazing how we can come up with all the excuses on why we have this right to just fuss about something. And the enemy has sold us the lie that we have that right. God will let us choose it. He'll let us choose it, but he wants to give us a truth that sets us free from all these things that we think about ourselves. At the end of the day, he gave me grace and mercy and saved me from what I deserved. So the idea that I have any rights, where where did that idea come from? And yet he loves me and you so much, he'll let us choose to do stupid all the time. That's a, he's a good daddy because he knows that if you do stupid enough, you'll get over stupid. Has anybody got the scars that come with it? The child? Yeah. <sighs> so, anyway, go be a part of grouping and do it with joy. Do it with an open heart, and Jesus will meet. You and I, every time we group, he'll meet us there. We're two or three together. I am in, that's that's where he's present. And he will equip us. The person that may be leading the class is not the equipper. Jesus is the equipper. That's why we're in Christ. We host him. We live out his identity. Amen. By way of grace and mercy. And thank goodness that that grace and mercy has an experience with it that empowers us to be winners, not losers. Amen. I'm going to open up. I, it just changed everybody. The Lord just prompted me with conviction. And I went back and told him to get me one scripture. Acts chapter 2. Some of you will say, I know where he's going to say. You know. It. Verse 38. We're going to start with it, and we're going to end with it. Why is that? Peter is preaching a wonderful message in Acts chapter 2. It's a wonderful sermon. And the group that's listening becomes convicted, and they were pricked in their hearts. And they said, what shall we do? Got that scripture up there? Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, some of you. no every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins so all of us got sin issues and baptism is important and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost now the beautiful thing about this is uh Jesus handpicked Peter of his 12 to be his spokesman. Matthew chapter 16, if you hadn't read it, go read it for yourself. And Peter is the only one of the 12 that jumped forth when Jesus asked, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And while they were speculating, well, some say, I didn't ask you to tell me about who, who said, or some say, who do you say that I am? And he leaped forth, thou art the Christ, and I'm quoting from the King James, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says this to him, Flesh and blood hath not revealed. Y'all got to catch this. I can't reveal anything to you. And God's wanting to give you something today that only he can reveal. And there's a lot of voices out there saying God said when God didn't say. Let me encourage you today. If you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, you're going to be okay. you got potential. If you can hear. But if you can't hear, you're in trouble. Because you can't, you, can't, you can't gravitate to what I'm saying today without you accepting the fact that the great designer, the God of glory, is the one that was the architect and put you together. He knew exactly what he's doing, and he wired you just right to have fellowship with him. Every one of us in this room, he is into you. And he has a plan to be glorified, and the enemy's working overtime to stop it. And the only way the enemy can stop him from getting his glory is convincing you that you're smart. I know the guy in the mirror. I've read a lot, I've studied a lot, I've put lots of hours in the Bible. I can quote lots of scriptures, but if that's all I can do is quote the scripture and I can't hear him speak and confirm what he's actually touched the writer, the author of each different book, they had a relationship with him and the enemy knows if he can just get me focused on reading it and not listening to what the spirit's saying, he can lock me down. Is that true? We don't want to believe that the enemy has that kind of influence in our life, but every one of us has been impacted religiously by lying spirits. Now, we heard a message last week that was awesome on intimacy. Everybody likes to be seen, known, and loved. Everybody fears being seen and known but not loved. And the enemy's good at working that dynamic, isn't he? And we found out that there's some dirt in our life. How did that dirt get there? How did that stuff you don't like talking about wind up in your life and you're trying to keep the lid on it? How did that happen? Ah, therein lies the answer to the miracle. The enemy has influence our lives, and we don't want to think he can do that. But remember this. Your status and my status, our intellect is not a platform that brings God worship. Status and intellect does not facilitate a platform to glorify God. Oh, it's only there to glorify me. Personal status and intellect makes you God. Along with some of us going to the God called Google. Amen. It's important you catch this. The dirt in our life gets there because of things that we entertain as truth. Information we think that's true, but from heaven's lens, it's true in this sphere, but it's not true in His. It's not the truth. And and Jesus makes it clear to the religious group, they thought they were right. They thought they were, we got it. And he lets them know, he says, uh, you're going to know the truth, and the truth is going to make you free. And he's saying, like, are you saying we're not free? Anybody ever thought you were free? Are you American? You think you're free? Oh, man, we got the freedom status, the land of the free and the brave, and I love my nation. And we need to pray for real freedom in our nation because you are experiencing all kinds of dynamic abundance all around you in our nation. And we got professionals here that work with people hurting and beat up and body slammed, and they're recognizing, "Why I ain't met very many people that are free. Hadn't met a lot of relationships and marriage that are free neither. So what's the problem? How did that get here? How did that happen? How did that dirt get in the mix? And so that's what daddy wants me to talk to you about today. Amen. He wants us to address it. And so we've all been impacted by all kinds of things in our life, all kinds of conversation and voices, and that sounds good and that sounds right, and I think I'll agree with that. And then later on, I don't know I should be, I'll agree with this. And then how many times have you changed some of the facts about what you believe over time? Well, after you get old enough, you got so many scars, you find out that that ain't working. And you're not getting any younger and you found, ain't found the fountain of youth yet, neither have you. So what are we missing when when Jesus came to give us truth that makes us free, life that's eternal, abundant, everlasting. <sighs> the kind of life capital l i f e if you ever drink from it, you'll never thirst again. Yeah. So, it's not the dirt that's the problem. It's not the thing that you don't want everybody, nobody to find out about you that you've ever touched it, thought about it, embraced it, been a part of it. That's that's not the problem. And Jesus can really use that stuff being there because you get wore out trying to keep a lid on it. And he needs us to bring it to him and lay it down at his feet. And that's what was happening in Acts chapter 2. The group that were saying what's going on here was the group that crucified him. And when they found out, they was not doing what the children of Abraham should be doing. Because if they were really children of Abraham, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They would have knew exactly who he was. But Jesus said to them, your father is the devil. Why why is Jesus being so blunt? Because he's a liar. He's always been a liar and a thief. And he is so convincing. He'll he'll go toe-to-toe with you and make you think that you're smart and even give you status. And he'll help you quote the scriptures and use the scriptures not to bring life with, but to bring death with. He's done that from the beginning. And he's still doing it to this day. And it's not, you know, a selective few in the beginning. It's gotten really out of bounds now. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, we named two problems that, that exist among people that want to be free. They go to church all the time, but they've never lived up to being the church. They feel good when they go to church because the presence of God is there, knocking on our... The presence of God is real to everybody And that is God's grace knocking on our door saying, let me in. Amen. And if we'll open up and truly let him in and say, you know what, I'm going to quit worshiping all the figures in my past that I thought were good and were smart, whatever that teacher sounded like whatever that relative sounded like and whatever kind of good dynamic they gave off, remember this, if it's not Jesus, it ain't going to help you. Pastor, are you trying to say that some of the people in my life that I believe were walking with Jesus may have not been walking with Jesus? I had to come to grips with that in my own life. I had to get broken before hear me though this is so important a broken and a contrite spirit god will no wise turn away you can't come up beating your chest to god and him and him work with that he can only work with a broken and a contrite attitude only only and at some point if you ever think you graduate into becoming god's gift to humanity you're, you're about to get body slammed. Not by Jesus, because the door opens for the enemy to work you over. Amen. Is that true? Oh, you know it. Some of you are old enough to know better than to go there. But to stay broken and contract. <laughs> the thing about Tammy and I, we've learned to submit one to the other more and humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. And recognize we're his children. And that he can only do some things on my behalf through her if I submit. Y'all heard me say it before. When I found out I just happened to be married to daddy's daughter, I got delivered. Because as my wife, I saw what was wrong with her. She'll tell you. As her husband, she saw I could tell you everything's messed up about him. But when she and I both agreed that God had something to say about his daughter and son, we started hearing things that, my goodness, I wish I'd been paying attention to this 42 years ago because that treasure was there 42 years ago. All the things that makes his heart go pitter-patter for her, He was after that 42 years ago. And he wanted me to see what he's seen. But you see, I got influenced by the idea of marriage and what the covenant looks like based on relationships that I thought were from heaven that convinced me this is the way you look at marriage and this is what you should expect. And it sounded right. And they even had some scriptures kind of supporting some of the stuff that I should expect. And I found out when you try to wear the pants as a man, they can turn them into a dress. all laughing to keep from crying, aren't you? But inside of that girl is a manifestation of the Son of God. Yes, she's a lady, and she's a girl, but inside of her, Christ is being formed. Sonship is manifesting. But it takes a broken and a contrite spirit as a platform for him to give you the information you don't have. And that broken and contrite platform is where faith ignites and what you can't explain that's about to happen is the thing that God intended for Adam to walk with him in the cool of the day every day. and tend to God's garden, God's business. Amen. And so Israel's been set free from Egypt by the mighty hand of God. Would y'all say that was pretty powerful grace for God to go in there With Moses, a type of Christ, carrying the message of God to to Pharaoh. He loved the man, but Pharaoh typified the devil, the kingdom of this world, darkness. But he loved the Egyptians. He loved all the people. But God said through Moses, let my people go so that they can come out of Egypt and worship me. Amen. Now, the question is, when you get out of Egypt, is Egypt out of you? Would that be a good question to answer? And so, after you see God's fingerprint and the evidence that he's powerful long enough, you're kind of like, man, that's God. And God has a way of convincing you that after time, if you see enough, you're like, that's God and after you visit what happened and I mean history bears this stuff to be true the record is solid it it bears it out to be true and they got out of Egypt and they crossed on dry ground through the Red Sea and they watched the waters of the Red Sea take down the armies of Egypt they watched it and a type of baptism, anybody want to be baptized where you don't just get wet, something actually happens? That's why you got to be so facetious. Get with the staff, they'll tell you why. You really want to get baptized and not just get wet. You want to see the thing that's been holding you prisoner have to let go? You, you, you want to see the thing that held you bondage? Anybody? It's like, man, me and Jesus, we, I'm doing this thing, but this stuff still is going on in my life. It's happening, and I, I, I'm not over it, and I'm still in bondage to this and that. Anybody? Hmm? I want to recheck the water test. Because when you're baptized, according to the true gospel, Egypt gets washed out. Because there's authority in it. Why? Because you went down in the name that's above every name. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in one name? No, Yahweh. Jehovah. Jehovah. Pastor, you're, no, I'm not being facetious. I'm being blunt right now about the enemy and his tricks. God revealed himself all through the scripture, and every time he revealed it, he'd give us a name. It was the next level until we get to Jesus and his top level. There ain't no name that competes with the name of Jesus. And by the way, Paul wrote in the Greek, it's Jesus. Y'all catching that? All these other voices that screaming out. Catch this, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name. Is baptism a deed? Do it in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, the Son of God said, I come in my father's. And I send the Holy Spirit in. Woo! Woo! But the enemy does his job well. And that's what you got to realize. Look, God brought Egypt out. They knew that was God that was doing that. That's God. But when they get to the Mount Sinai, God says to all of them in his voice, come up. I want to talk to you. And they said, "Uh uh-uh. We'll die. I mean, they were afraid to go talk with God. And they said, let Moses do that and let him come tell us what you said. And that's where the church world is messed up right now. They're looking for someone to tell them what God is saying. When God said, if you have an ear to hear what the Spirit said, oh, now you got got hope now. But if you're expecting me to tell you what God said, because right now, in this room, you're here today because the Spirit drew you, not me. You're here today because the presence of God pulled you in, and I am confirming some things you needed to hear because God has been talking. And you've been saying enough's enough. This trouble, these challenges, these storms, these circumstances, these situations, these relationships, all this stuff that's going on, (sighs) And I can't fix one of them. That's right. It's exactly right. Because the Lord of our lives isn't Jesus. Only he can fix it. Now, Pastor, you're getting blunt now. No, we believe things we think him, and it's not him at all. I didn't want to go here. But the Lord said, that's where I want to go. You going to follow me? Yes, sir. And so Egypt is still in Israel. Because when Moses goes up to talk to the Lord, he didn't come back soon enough. And Israel said, see, I told you so. And we're smart, right? Israel said, "I see there, I told you so. Uh, he's dead. We knew better than to go up there because we knew we was going to die. And so they all concluded Moses is dead. We're smart, so we're going to worship, and we need, we need something we can worship. And what did they get? What was in them? Isn't that interesting? A golden calf. When you get a chance to do your homework on that golden calf. It's still happening to this day. And most of the people that go to church still worship around the golden calf. What are you saying, Pastor? Anybody want some more money today? Did you you come today because you need the Lord to bless you with more money finances and prosperity? Pastor, be careful now. No, no, honestly, does God have our heart? I know some of us are squirming now. Jesus made it clear, if your heart is towards mammon or money... He said, the darkness in you is great. He said, the truth can't get in you. That's what Jesus said. If your heart is towards mammon and you need something like a blessing, he said, my truth can't get in. And if my truth can't get in, and you think what you have in you is light in in respect, how great is that darkness? It's Pretty blunt, Pastor. Well, that, that started years ago started at a tree called knowledge of good and evil. And they thought, what did they think about it? Oh, this fruit looks like, it appears to be. Fruit that would make one wise. To, be, to do what? To be like God. What did Lucifer do? I will arise and I will be like the Most High. And he was struck down like like in the day that our daddy ate of that tree, he was cast out, wasn't he? And if you're not careful, you'll pursue blessing and miss having the blesser. Is that possible? The blesser gives you truth that makes you free, and the kingdom comes. Oh, your checking account may get fat too, but that's not the point. You won't rivers of life you want abundant life you want to live in a place where you're not worrying, fretful depressed full of anxiety sick broken relationships don't you anybody want to go there well money can't money can't help you get there but the enemy will keep convincing you that money will answer all things Will he not? It says it in the Bible. Yeah. And if you let the living me talk to you about it, he'll convince you that's the truth. Amen. But Jesus wants to give you the answer today, and you're not going to be able to figure it out. It's an utterance from heaven. It's a breath from God. It's a truth that requires the foundation of faith. The thing that pleases God. And the moment you receive it and embrace it and don't question it, you go with it. Anything is possible now. You're being healed. That marriage being saved. Sleeping better at night. All of a sudden, you have this valid knowing that you can't explain, but I know it. I just know daddy and he does he has all of his kids Moses comes down from the mountain and he sees them worshiping the golden calf and he kind of gets out of out of order a little bit kind of like we all do even after we've had a visitation we kind of show out for a moment And the consequence was he had to go out and carve it out himself next time. Anybody ever done that before? Yeah, me too. The Lord knows how to get our attitude right, doesn't he? But Moses stands at the camp gate and he says, I want to know who's on the Lord's side. And they're still worshiping. I mean, they're having a worship session. Now, This is what's interesting, y'all, too. Aaron... Sees it, and he's part of the problem. Come on. Even when we're serving, we can mess up, and next thing you know, we've compromised and we don't realize what's happening. It's like this is out of order. He tells the, the congregation of Israel tomorrow we are worshiping Jehovah. Just want y'all to know. <laughs> but it ain't tomorrow, it's today, and Moses is coming down. And he said, who's on the Lord's side? So what come out of them was what they were in relationship with in Egypt. And that day, 3,000 died. God didn't kill any of them. Catch this. Their choices brought death in their life. Got to catch this. God don't do anything wrong. He's good. And you don't even have a clue what the definition of good is. Because we still don't know who God is yet. We're experiencing him. We have a relationship with him. But we hadn't been wild like we're going to be wild for eternity on how good he is. He don't do evil. He don't do bad. But if I'm in relationship with something that's lying to me and convinces me that it's good and so If it don't happen the way I think it ought to happen, God did it. No, he didn't. The arrogance that I had because I thought I had it figured out and I made the choice brought the consequence. Is that not true? And so the enemy knows all he needs to do is put just a little leaven in the lump and he can leaven the whole thing. The whole lump becomes leavened. And anybody knows how to cook understands that principle. It's amazing that that little bit can leaven all that flour. Amen. So we have a story where this man and God meets us all kind of like Gideon. Every one of us has been where Gideon's at on some level where we didn't have a lot of faith in us and we felt insignificant. Everybody ever felt insignificant before? You ever felt like a loser? You ever felt poor before? The least in your family, overlooked. And here is Gideon because Israel's now captive again. Imagine that. Pastor's picking on Israel. No, I'm picking on the devil because he impacts all of us and the true Israel of God gets impacted too. Read Galatians 4 on who the true Israel of God is according to God. If Jesus is in your life, you're the true Israel of God, Galatians chapter 4. Because that's the son of Abraham. Abraham. It wasn't Isaac. No, it wasn't Isaac. That's what it says. The seed, the promised seed wasn't Isaac. It was Christ. Paul wrote that down too. It's in your Bible. And if Christ be in you, all of a sudden now, I have identity. And all that dirt that you're worried about, he ain't worried about it. He needed every bit of that dirt in your life so that he could use you now to help somebody because you have a heart of compassion and you know where they're at. If you're still afraid to talk about the dirt in your life, you had not let the Lord have that part of your life so he can be glorified. He can give you a confidence that will not make you worry about that, by the way. So Gideon's, hiding from the enemy, and God comes down in theophany form. He has a body, angel of the Lord. And he walks up to Gideon hiding, said, calls him. He said, uh, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon looks at the guy like, you are nuts, man. How do you, what? Let me explain something to you. And so he went to murmuring and complaining. Just like the Lord puts up with our murmuring, complaining. And what we think is wrong. And the Lord ain't seeing nothing wrong. He's seeing a mighty man of valor. And God is with you. And so here's Gideon. He's debating, no, 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 that's messed up. It can't happen. I'm the least in the family. We're poor. And and, and by the way, we're in bondage. And and, and the enemy's beating us up. And they're destroying our... Well, He just went off on a soap opera. And the Lord says, you're going to be the Savior of Israel. Yeah, you're really messing up now. And some of you said, can God really use me on the level, amen, that... uh, I keep hearing he can, but man, I, they don't add up. He keeps telling me he wants to use me mightily. He keeps telling me he's got plans for me. He keeps giving me these good prophetic utterances and confirming it, but I just don't. And you're acting just like Gideon. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And Gideon said, "Okay, he remembered something Abraham did." So. If this is God, Abraham always went and got an offering and brought it back. And he went and made a meal offering and brought it back and said, okay, you hold on. If you're God, here, here's this offering. And God, the angel of the Lord said, put that on the rock. And out of the rock, fire consumed it. And guess said, that's God. That's God. And some of us have been there to where, hmm. This is God. And some of y'all are feeling that right now in your spirit. This is God. And then God says to Gideon, I want you to do something. Now keep in mind, all Gideon has got is the fact that I've seen this, I heard him speaking, and I've seen this evidence that that's got to be God. i got some evidence. Got Israel coming out of Egypt, got all this evidence. That's God. And I really want to be a mighty man of battle to you. <laughs> and the Lord said, I want you to do something. I want you to go to your dad's altar to Baal. I want you to pull it down. And I want you to cut that grove down that's dedicated to Baal. And all this comes out of Egypt, by the way. And I believe if Gideon would have done it daytime, the angel host of the angels of would have been with him to do it. But God works with us, thinking we're intelligent. And Gideon decided and God worked with it, like He does with me all the time. I'm gonna do this at night when ain't nobody watching. I'm gonna cause up no stir right now. Stir's gonna happen either way. So he gets at nighttime. He gets, but God said, "Go get that ox, your dad's ox, and a young, a seven-year-old one, and go, pull it down and cut that grove down." And he did. Next morning, everybody's ticked. They're upset. And they want Gideon. How in the world? Who told you Gideon in? They knew it though. And all of Midian knew it. All the enemy knew it. Let me tell you something when you do what God says, the devil knows it. And he's going to get all his forces together to stop you from moving forward. anybody know what I'm talking about? So when you start saying, Yes, Lord, hell heard it. And if you agreed with God, he's gathering his forces together. We've got to stop this because that's really how powerful you are. The devil knows it. Just like median goes gets all the reinforcements, you couldn't even number him. The devil's got to get all of hell together when anybody chooses to say, yes, Lord, I'm going with this. Because he is not any competition to one with God he ain't no competition so anyway they want Gideon and they want him out now and Gideon's father said you know what I'm through with this and he lets the group know they come after Gideon he said if Baal is so powerful if Baal is so bad to the bone let him handle Gideon and they said hey didn't think of that let's let yeah. If that powerful, it's like they're being delivered now. And as soon as they had that discussion, the spirit of the Lord comes upon Gideon. That's where you want to get, y'all. You want to get to a place in your conversation and your dialogue with heaven and, and being obedient and pulling down strongholds. Every thought that exalts itself above God. That's an idol. Anytime you think a thought that's not from heaven, it's an idol. Anytime you agree with something that sounds right, it looks good, it's a demon. It's a lying spirit. And the moment you decide, I'm not agreeing with that no more, you're you're pulling down a stronghold. You're pulling down an altar where you've been worshiping. Some of us have been worshiping with our agreements, calling it Jesus, and it's not Jesus. It just sounds good. And it may be a political idea that you hold, but I believe this is the right way. And I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you need to get heaven's voice on this one. Every lie, every imagination, every thought that exalts itself above God needs to be pulled down. And when you start pulling down thoughts and ideas that don't produce the character of Christ, and I'm just telling you, I've heard some good conversations. I've had some good conversations, and after I got through having them, I didn't produce the right attitude. That's important for you all to catch this one. That's the truth that will make you free. If the way you think, you think it's right, and it's not producing good fruit, pull it down. Pull it down. Get it out, because Christ is trying to be formed in us. Amen? Spirit of the Lord came, came up on Gideon. And when the Spirit of the Lord came up on Gideon, what did he do? He sounds a trumpet. Every one of us has been called by heaven to be his mouthpiece. And he, we can't be his mouthpiece if we don't receive the promise of the Spirit. Only then can you articulate what God is saying, which is a trumpet. Why is it I'll say a lot of good stuff, but it's not God's stuff? Why would I do that? Because the enemy has influence in God's house. What did Jesus say? (laughs) He said, I only say what I see my father doing in his house. What was his house? The body that Jesus wore. God in flesh. Is this the temple of the Holy Spirit? What's the Holy Spirit? God. Is Christ in you? I hope he is. If he's not, you need to let him in so that he can go to work in your life. And when he goes to work in your life, forming himself in you, all you talk about is what you see him doing inside of his house. We ain't got nothing else to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, but what our creator, our designer meant Amen for his abode his house to be you and me. And for every time we say something we only say what we see him doing in his house. We only say what we hear him saying, we only do what we see him doing. That is my manifested son of God. And everybody's attracted to that because what person don't like love and joy? And peace and kindness and temperance and meekness and long everybody loves the fruit of the spirit there's no law against it there can't be because it defines him so what's your point pastor who's on the Lord's side in Acts chapter 2 it's the same story of God coming to Gideon he's coming to a mass crowd the lord is with you O mighty man and O mighty woman of valor what's going on here what's what's happening here what's this event how it was the start of how god in flesh a man came in the first place he's crucified he dies amen for us so that we could have life he now is going up in a cloud and says now get ready i'm coming back and the enemy had to put a twist on that one. And it has put, has put it on hold for most people. About seven days later, here he comes. And he starts moving into his house. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day. He said, God, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. And this is going to be the evidence of it. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Old men are going to dream dreams. And it just, man, he starts, Peter is preaching a message, y'all. God hand-picked him to to deliver this message to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of it, which includes us. It's an everlasting gospel. It never changes. But we found out, if you were here a couple weeks ago, that there's two ways that the enemy gets into God's house. Oh, man, it's lying, number one. That's it, just lying. But he goes through two channels, the leaven of the Pharisees and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, of which Jesus said, I hate. Is that not true, ladies and gentlemen? Hear me, hear me. If you do a little bit of homework, you'll find out. All I need is a little leaven that the enemy knows to leaven the whole lump. And the Nicolaitans merged with the Latin church. And the Latin church influenced the world. And out of the Latin church comes the Protestants. And they carried all the little doctrines and ideas that refutes Acts 2 and verse 38. Did y'all know that Paul... The writer of Romans chapter 10, of which most of the Christian movement will say that is, you go to that chapter, that's where you get saved. And that letter was written to the believers. It it wasn't written to the sinners. But most of the Christian movement will go to Romans chapter 10. And Romans chapter 10 is a description of what Peter preached. How do you know that, Pastor? Acts chapter 19. Paul, the writer of it, found certain disciples of John. And he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? Spirit, since you believed. And John's disciples said, I don't know whether we have any heard of the Holy Spirit. It's already come, though. What were you baptized? Unto John's baptism. That was good then. But if you really want to be set free and on the Lord's side, you need to be baptized again. Paul said that. Paul said that. Paul believed that baptism was... Necessary. Did y'all know that out of the thousands of Israelites that heard the trumpet that Gideon sounded, only 300 of them passed the water test? Did y'all know that? I can consider that, Pastor. Only 300 passed the water test. You got thousands and thousands of them there thinking, I need to be here. I don't want to be here. But in order to let my family know I'm not scared, I'm here. You had 300 out of all those thousands that were focused. And all the rest of them had to go home, wherever that was. And only few followed a type of Christ, a mighty man of valor and they saw the victory everybody got the benefits in Israel but 300 saw it anybody want to see the Lord high and lifted up I'm going to ask you a pointed question have you passed the water test because if you can't pass the water test it means you haven't pull down some altars you need to pull down some imaginations and ideas that are religious that come from biological influence that you were convinced had to be God and the enemy got through them as the voice of God but you have no real fruit that it's God anybody know what I'm talking about you know the tree by the fruit it bears you know the soberness in the room right now happened uh, two Mondays ago first time in one of our 21 days of prayer and fasting first time we never had a declaration at the end not a declaration at all and the Lord said this is good I'm thinking, really? Yeah, he said, a holy hush and a holy soberness has come up on the group. And they're doing an inventory of my house. And they're making some decisions to pull down some altars that they didn't realize was in my house. Some lies that shouldn't be there that need to be cast down. Who is on the Lord's side? This is not hard. This is light and easy. The message that Peter gave to that group, he says, you want to be a part of this? Really? Then just repent. In other words, change the way you think about what you think about. What does that mean? Pull down some altars. Those that influence you to crucify Christ, all that stuff is leavened. It's lies. Are you willing to give it up? If you're willing to give up your religious ideas of who God is and quit thinking you're ever going to, you've got to stop thinking you're ever going to figure God out because you're not. That's one of the altars you need to pull down is the fact that you think you can figure God, that's an altar. Tear it down. You don't know God. God can know you and you can experience God and know him more than you've ever known him before. But he didn't call you to explain him to anybody. He called you to carry a good news message that invites everybody like Gideon was invited and like that group in Acts chapter 2 was invited, that group in, in Samaria was invited, and Judea was invited, and the Gentiles was invited. It don't change. If you really want to be a part of this, pull down the altars and the lies and quit thinking, hey, Amen. you're okay because... John Doe said you need to do it this way, and you never heard Jesus say it. It don't matter what John Doe says. It matters what Jesus says. And Jesus said Peter had the message, and he ain't changing. It's to as many as our Lord our God shall call. And if you repent, pass the water test. Go down in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission. And you'll leave Egypt in the water. You don't just get wet. You get authority in the name. You get authority in the name. Not in the title. Jesus said to his followers, go baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what he told them. So You need to go, if you're an English teacher, and you need to go find out what that name is. You don't want to repeat a command. You want to obey a command. Military guys, does it help you just to repeat the command or should you obey the command? And what did those that heard him say that day? What did they baptize in? Everywhere you go look, they baptize in the name of Jesus Christ (sighs) for the remission of sins. That was an act. That was a deed. And you shall receive the gift. Just like Gideon and the presence of God will come on you. When you get the gift of the Spirit, you can't do the shut up. When you get filled with the Spirit, the utterance of heaven comes out of you like a trumpet. When you get filled with the Spirit, you will go tell everybody how good Daddy is. Amen. You will sound a trumpet to everybody and remind them the best is yet to come. Y'all get ready. Amen. Something's just starting here. There's an excitement. Amen. There's a swelling. There's an earthquake happening. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken So everything that cannot be shaken. Amen. Remains. You want to remain? Yeah, you do. You want to remain a son and a daughter of the king. Can we stand? Who is on the Lord's side? And so that you know this, visitors, thank you for coming today. I know you were encouraged. God had you here today because you needed to hear some things that's going to make a difference. And whether or not you're planted in this house or not, God has a house He wants you planted in to be His son and His daughter. Amen. That will say only what you hear him say. And do what you see him do. He wants you to be powerful. Daddy wants you to be just like him. Who is on the Lord's side? Now, in case you don't know it, we keep the water ready here. Because we want all of Egypt. Drowned. And I'm not talking about the nation of Egypt. I'm talking about the devil's camp. We want everything that beats you up left in the You don't just come up out of there wit. You come up out of there, amen, in his name with authority. And he's waiting on you to take his name and covenant with him so that he can rest upon you his, his power and his fire. Why would Jesus want to marry somebody that's not committed to covenant? I'm so thankful my wife said yes to me, and then she took my name. When she took my name, I like, hmm. Don't piss with my wife. Got to mess with me. Probably could have beat me up, but hey. She was gonna know I stood between her and trouble. Are y'all tracking? Jesus wants you to know he's got you if you'll come into covenant with him. And when you come into covenant with him, you take his name. And all of a sudden, covenant, his spirit and fire now. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that. Anybody want this? So you can have that and be on behalf of Man, when you're covered, and we have that name, the checking account, you can write the name down. All the kingdoms coming. Anybody want to be the wife of Jesus? You get the whole kingdom. Some of y'all, it's time to pull some altars down. It's time to pull some thoughts and imaginations and religious ideas down. Father, I pray. On behalf of your children, you purchased everyone in this room, you purchased everyone in this world, and you did it with everything you had, every drop of blood. (laughs) Wow. We can't can't get our minds around it. Thank you, Jesus, that you went that far to, to go after us so that we could come into covenant with you and live eternally in fellowship with in true identity in your name y'all y'all know that I'm still finding areas in my life where I need to pull down altars I didn't know were there and repent Did you, this life of repentance is ongoing It's a life of yes, Lord. It's a life of a growing relationship. If you want that today, I invite you to come down. You can receive everything where you're standing or where you're sitting. But if you want us to join with you prayerfully, the prayer team's coming. We want to join with you on this wonderful journey. Amen with Jesus. Amen. And take you through the water so that the stuff that's beating you up can be defeated once and for all. And the hope that you're looking forward to live life abundantly, you can be filled with the Spirit and with fire before you leave here today. That's how real daddy is right now for all of us. Amen. Let's turn our hearts to heaven. Can we lift our hands and say, Lord, here I am. I'm your baby. I'm I'm a little child, Lord. Pick me up. Pick me up, deliver me. Change me, Lord. Save me. He wants you more than you want him. Let him show you that today. Open your spirit up. God bless you.